Chapter 13, A Handful of Trouble Sticks Malone was a handful of trouble. That's what Mom said the first time she laid eyes on him. He strolled in through the yard to pick us up. Mom saw him through the window and followed us over to meet him at the back door. That day, he was wearing a cap pulled on backward and a little to the side in shades. The same threadbare jeans and a tight gray t-shirt with the sleeves cut out. Yo, Miss Franklin, he said. What's good? Mom levered the door. Screen door open. You must be sticks. In the flesh, he popped up his shades and smiled like a million bucks. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. His voice took on a real formal tone, but it was hard to tell if he was being serious. Hey, guys. Hey, sticks, we said, edging past her. Mom arched her brows at us, but she didn't say, I don't want you hanging around that boy. But it was written all over her face through it through a canyon of disapproval folded between her eyes. We scooted out the door before the words could slip out of her. Still, the message echoed. Let's grab the gunny sack, Stick said when we were out of earshot. It's time for the next step. We led the way to the fireworks stash. How far is it this time? Bobby Jean asked. We have to get permission if we're going beyond Washington Street. As if he needed to remind me, loudly, in front of Sticks. Other direction, Sticks answered. You got a boundary over there? He pointed past the woods, away from the town, toward the country road and its endless cornfields. We didn't really, but we didn't need one. Past the edge of our neighborhood, there was nothing to see except corn for 40 miles. What are we going to find over there? Bobby Jean hefted the gunny sack up from the behind the fallen log where we stashed it. You'll see. Sticks was forever cryptic. A good spy should lean into intrigue no matter what. Sticks peered into the sack of Bobby Jean in Bobby Jean's arms. We should save some of these, I reckon. What for? Light up a couple of these? You got yourself a party. We want the best possible trade, though, Bobby Jean said, don't we? Sticks shrugged. A big bag of fireworks is a big bag of fireworks, don't you think? Bobby Jean's expression swirled into a question mark. He usually got that look on his face when I wanted to do something he wasn't so sure about. Now that we were hanging out with Six Malone, that look came around a lot more often. The whole point is to get rid of them, I said. We don't want to get caught with them. I didn't want us to have to admit that Mom would skin our hides into the next century if she found out we'd have fireworks, let alone set them off. We're not really allowed to use them, Bobby Jean confessed betraying the brotherhood. Sticks grinned with his half his mouth. No kidding, BG. Believe it or not, I picked up on that. I sure enough noticed the minute Sticks ca started calling Bobby Jean BG. I waited to see what my nickname would be, but he always kept calling me Caleb. If all of us, if all of us only did what we were allowed to do, the world would be a pretty boring place, Sticks said. That's for sure, I agreed. The deal was to get rid of them, Bobby Jean's voice rose. Uh-oh, this was what his face looked like when he was about to dig in his heels. Sticks read it too. I take your point about the best trade, he said, his voice low and easy. We can sell them all today, no problem. He grinned that salesman grin and clapped Bobby Jean on the shoulder. Let's rock and roll. We followed Sticks through the woods till we hit the country road. He led us all the way to an intersection where the paved road met a dirt road that disappeared off into the corn. 
Check this out, he said. At the corner of the intersection sat a rusted old pickup truck with a for sale sign in the window. Beside it, a dusty looking riding lawnmower with a matching sign. Beyond the fields of half-grown corn, a farmhouse jutted out up, or jutted up against the landscape. Six patted the nose of the riding mower. Thing a beauty, eh? Not really, at least as far as I could tell. It was nothing special, a riding mower like some of our neighbors had, except older and broken. I squinted, trying to see the magic I was missing. Maybe Sticks just had a thing for green automotive paint. Uh, Bobby Jean said, ever the master wordsmith. Sticks laughed. I'm kidding. It's just a means to an end. You'll see in a minute. We kept going along another dirt road until we met a chain link fence festooned with keep out signs. On the other side was a small dirt lot full of random objects. Lots of car tires, machine parts, slouching, garage bags, rusted out car frames, along with plenty of things I couldn't name. What is this place? I asked. Kind of a junkyard. I guess that's what you'd call it. Scrap metal and whatnot. Is this the place? Bobby Jean's face was red from exhaustion. Those fireworks weren't exactly light. You think we could sell the fireworks here? I know a guy. Sticks hooked his fingers over the edge of the junkyard fence. Sticks always knew a guy. And right ahead of us, on the other side of the fence, we were steps away from knowing a guy, too. Isn't this trespassing? Bobby Jean worried aloud. Nah, Sticks said. It's a shortcut. Feels wrong, Bobby Jean said. Sometimes doing wrong feels right, and vice versa, Sticks countered. We're going to see the guy who runs the place. It's no big. This exchange should have given me pause. Instead, I said, do with the program, BG. And he did. Chapter 14, Trespassing. Climbing a chain link fence turned out to be not that easy. You had to be have skinny feet like sticks in me, or some kind of quick balance. Bobby Jean had neither. I scrambled up the fence, which bowed and shimmied under my weight. My heart pounded as I used the keep out sign for leverage. We were spies, assassins, ninjas, ex executing a lightning attack. So stealthy, we didn't even need the cover of night. Boom. I landed on the ground inside the fence, feeling like a genuine outlaw. When Sticks was up and over at the top of the fence, he reached down for the gunny sack. Bobby Jean pushed it up to him. Then he struggled to lever his stocky self up and over after us. He managed it. Finally, after hefting himself up and sagging back down a few times, he rolled over the bar and skidded down the inside of the chain link fence, not bothering to look for footholds. He glared at me like I owed him, so I patted his back. You did good. We wound through the piles of junk until we reached a small trailer. Sticks ran up and knocked on the door. A scruffy guy with a big mustache poked his head out. Hey, Robo. What's good, brother? The guy slapped palms with sticks. They were both long and skinny like noodles. Their hands smacked thin. They pulled them apart real slick. His name is Robo? Bobby Jean whispered to me. Robo looked past sticks, nodding to us. Robert, he explained. Bobby Jean's face lit up. Hey, me too. Bet they don't call you that either, Robo said. No, too formal sounding, eh? Bobby Jean shrugged. We never really stopped to wonder why we called him what we called him. It had never really mattered until today. 
when it earned him a cool nickname. Mom says it's so people don't confuse me with dad, Bobby Jean said. Oh, huh, that makes sense. There were a lot of Robert Franklin, Jean Franklins in our family. People called granddad Robert, dad was Bobby, and then there was Bobby Jean. Robo motioned to the gunny sack. This the loot? Yeah, Stick said. We need cash payment plus some stuff from the yard. What do you have in mind? Depends on your cash offer, Stick said. One hundred. Stick scoffed. It's worth more than that. You're looking at three hundred dollars worth of fireworks easy. Three hundred? Bobby Jean and I exchanged shocked looks. I started doing math. I'll take a closer look, Robo said. Show me what you want from the yard. Bobby Jean stood with him as he sifted through our hall. Sticks and I walked the, through the junkyard. He gathered all manners of items and handed them to me to carry. Mostly car parts, it seemed. When he turned to me with what looked like an entire bumper in his hand, he paused and laughed. My eyes felt huge in my head. Your face, he said, clutching his stomach in amusement. Hang on. My arms were already too full. Stick shuffled himself toward a different pile, rummaged for a moment, and emerged with an ancient-looking radio flyer wagon. The classic kind, but with a janky wheel. We had, out, we had one of these at home that actually rolled. We piled the car parts in the wagon. I rolled it along, easing it over the rutted ground. Sticks carried the bumper, seeing as it was almost as long as I was tall. I think that's everything, he said. Let's go negotiate. There's more than I thought in there, Robo agreed as we walked up, but they're illegal. That makes them hard to move. Bobby Jean's expression soured considerably at this development. I don't know what he was upset about. We knew the bag was trouble all along. Most types of fireworks were illegal in Indiana. Nah, you can move them. People drive to the border for these, Sticks told Robo. 300. Think about it. Sell these piecewise. You'll pull down 500 easy. Bobby Jean perked up at that. Really? Then why don't we do that? Out of him, it was an honest question. But Robo slid a suspicious glance his way. Then he laughed. Oh boy, Robo chuckled. I can see it now. Stick shot Bobby Jean a hush-up look. Robo stuck his chin forward, mauling it over. I can come up to 150, he offered. Plus, what's in the wagon? 200, Stick said. Think about it. There's the value of the fireworks and then the value of them being from out of state. We're saving you a tank of gas each way for sure. It was like watching a tennis match, or maybe more like badminton in our backyard. Pong! Sticks hit the birdie. It floated up in a long, patient arc, sailing over the net and landed in Robo's court. Pong! He sent it back. I can get there and back on one tank of gas, and there's a lot in that wagon. 150 cash, best and final offer. Sticks stayed chill, but underneath it must have been a little discouraged. He must have been a little discouraged. It was a heck of a lot of money, but not enough to get the moped. Hang on, let me confer with my gents a moment. Sticks pulled us aside. This is a good deal. We should take it. We need more. Even if we threw it in all our savings, we'd be short, I said. Sticks's brow tick ticked. Bobby Jean's eyes shot daggers at me, probably for mentioning that we had money we hadn't mentioned before. Oops. Sticks stayed smooth. Don't forget the trade part. Remember the mower I showed you? We nodded. Sticks pointed to the wagon load. We're going to trade all this junk for it next. 
What are we going to do with a busted up riding mower? Bobby Jean complained. We want money. Or usable stuff, I added. The whole plan was to trade us for better, up for better stuff. Bobby Jean was right. Who was ever going to want that old mower? Sticks patted the air with his hands. Listen, that mower is worth six, maybe seven hundred bucks once we replace the motor. We can do that no problem. We can? I was skeptical. Is there a motor in that wagon? Trust me, Sticks said. I got it. Six or seven hundred bucks sounded better than one hundred fifty. That was for sure. We can pay off Corey with his share of this first deal. Six said, he doesn't have to know about the mower trade. Bobby Jean and I exchanged a glance. Did that count as cheating? It might not exactly be cheating, Corey, but it wasn't entirely honest. That means we're pulling out way ahead here, cash-wise, Sticks said. I guess, Bobby Jean said. To be honest, 150 bucks was more than we'd ever seen in one place. Couldn't very well pass that up, especially since priority number one was to get the trouble magnet of a gunny sack off our hands. Sure, I said. Let's tell Robo we have a deal.